Hi, I'm Jay, a personal executive coach, and I'm on a positivity quest. We all can work on leading a more positive and intentional life. You, me, your family, your best friend, your neighbor down the street, even that stranger passing by right now. This show details my journey as I explore the intersection of ordinary people and extraordinary positivity by sharing my learning, stories, and conversations with guests. I want to help you and me lead a more intentional life focused on being the best us possible. Make sure to subscribe today to follow along and start your own positivity quest. Well, it's January 2021, and what else would we be talking about in today's episode except New Year's resolutions, right? So we've made a change from 2020, which is probably the hardest year uh, in recent memory for many, many folks on for numbers of reasons. It is now magically 2021, and we expect this kind of transition to a new year. And New Year's resolutions are part of that, but today we're also going to talk about No Year's resolutions, learn a little bit about the history of New Year's resolutions, as well as why they don't work, and also how you can make them stick. So many of you are probably like me. You have no idea where New Year's resolutions started. So I decided to do a little bit of research. It's the first time I ever really considered, like, what does it mean to make a promise uh, to yourself in a new year, and how did it get started? So the history behind New Year's resolutions started a little bit about 4,000 years ago. I had no idea. It uh, came out of um, ancient Babylonian time. The Babylonians were the first people to kind of make New Year's resolutions. And it all had to do with a celebration of a festival known as Akitu, which is basically crowning or affirming, uh, reaffirming their loyalty to whoever the, the king was at that time. Uh, and of course, during that process, a uh, big belief in, in gods and powers that be Uh, controlling the universe and so they thought it was a good time to pay their debts return any objects they had borrowed and they also believed that if they kept their word then the gods would bestow favor upon them in the coming year and if they didn't they would fall out of favor with the gods and of course that's no place that any babylonian wanted to be at that point in time in their lives Uh, they always wanted to be favored by the gods lots of great history around that thought process which will probably make another great podcast at some point in time. We're talking about positivity. But that's the history. That's where it started. New Year's resolutions 4,000 years ago brought to us by the Babylonians. Oddly enough, though, they didn't come in January. Right? It happened around uh, March, I think, was when uh, the crops were planted. So they were looking good favor from the gods to have a good crop and then a great harvest throughout the summer and into the fall so they had enough food staples to carry them through the winter so you fast forward just a little bit and julius caesar who was uh, then at the time uh, emperor of rome started to tinker with the calendar and decided that you know what january 1st is going to be the start of the new year why january because the new year was named for janus janus january who was the two-faced god who basically inhibited doorways and arches, and had great significance for the Romans. Uh, They believe that Janus was this two-faced god, one that looked uh, into the previous year as well as ahead into the future. And as was the custom in those times, you pay favor, trinkets, sacrifices to a deity, and Janus happened to be the one that you paid those uh, tributes to for promises of good conduct 
in the year ahead, again, to win favor with Janus. You fast forward a little bit more into the future, around the 1700s, you have John Wesley, who was an English clergyman who founded Methodism, and now he has the idea of developing the uh, Covenant Renewal Service. Now, what is that? So it was most commonly held on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. It was a religious ceremony, lots of celebration, but it also had a lot to do with thinking through and praying and making resolutions for the new year. So we've got all of this great kind of deity, God, religious backdrop to new year's resolutions. Today, people still make them. Oddly enough, uh, only about 45% of Americans say that they make new year's resolutions, uh, which is certainly down from what it has been in the past. The trouble is only about 8% of them keep those resolutions or or are successful in reaching their goals of the resolutions. So why? Well, there are a lot of things that have to do with behavior, behavior change, those types of, of concepts when you're talking about resolutions and changing habits. But why do we make them? Like, why do we say, hey, we've got to do this? It's obviously a tr- tradition. It goes back 4,000 years of practice here where people uh, get up on years and day and say, hey, this is what I'm going to do in the new year. I look back at the past year and I've done X and in the new year, I want to do Y. So I've been smoking. I want to quit smoking. Uh, not been eating healthy. I'm going to start eating healthy. Uh, I haven't been working out. I'm going to start going to the gym. Uh, for those of us who uh, have gone to the gym in the past and been regular folks at the gym, you know that you can't go on equipment in January. It's just, it's almost not even worth going because the regulars get bumped out by all the people who've made New Year's resolutions. But we also know is that by the end of January, beginning of February, those same people who had that New Year's resolution of going to the gym are now gone. You don't see them. The new faces are gone and the regular faces that you've seen throughout the year remain. So how many times have you gone out and said, all right, January 1st, here's what I'm going to do this year. This is what I'm going to accomplish. And you set that goal, and by 30 days later, it's gone. It, it's disappeared. You don't have the capability to continue to push through. Why is that? Well, the truth is most people don't accomplish those New Year's resolutions or those goals. It's because at a very deep level, they don't understand how they operate and why they operate. Literally, like what makes them tick? If you can't uncover for yourself the specific self-sabotaging negative thought process or behaviors that limit your progress, if you can't name them, you can't understand them, then of course you're not going to achieve the success when you make a resolution at the start of the year. And I love that. And there's research all about it. And I love it because it fits right into what this podcast is all about. It's about positivity, ordinary people, extraordinary positivity. And if you don't get to a point in your life where you kind of understand what your your mindsets are, do you have a fixed mindset or do you have a growth mindset? Uh, what are your values? What are you, your beliefs? What kind of habits have you established for yourself? And then writing down on paper, like what are your greatest fears in life? If you don't understand all of that together, you're really going to have a hard time making behavioral changes in your life. So as I was doing some research for today's show, uh, I came across something interesting that Einstein once said. He said, we cannot solve a problem on the level of consciousness that created it. 
And what Einstein meant by that is that unless you take the time to dive deep, to have conversations, to go through a process whereby you t- understand the at a very root level what it is that causes those negative thoughts, those tendencies, those beliefs, those values you have, you can't begin the process of overcoming them. So one of the the best things that I ever did, and I just did it recently, uh, came out of some of the work that I've been doing as part of my coaching practice, is I uh, went through the process of doing a finding my why. Uh, This comes out of Simon Sinek's work, Start With Why and Then Find Your Why. So if you've ever read his book, Find Your Why, uh, you'll know what that process is. But long story short, what do you what you do is you find somebody, a partner, someone uh, that you can have a conversation with and really commit to it, who, who has a little bit of knowledge about coaching and also has the capability to ask really good questions, not op- um, not yes or no questions, but open ended questions when you go through this process. And what you do is you think through uh, and come up with ten stories of your life, ten stories of your life. Then you narrow those 10 stories down to about five stories, and then you share them with this partner. And as you're sharing, the partner will go through and take a look and ask you questions and dive a little bit deeper. And the process is supposed to find themes, trends. Um, it's, it's better to do it in person so you can see uh, facial expression and body movement. Uh, and, and ultimately, what it'll do is you have a conversation around the topics and themes in your life based upon your stories. Um, And it's a pretty powerful exercise to go through. If you haven't done it, I I suggest you do it. But it really sets the table for understanding kind of who you are as a person, what you stand for. And Simon Sinek in his work says, you know what, you only have one purposeful why in your life. It doesn't change. It's who you are. It's built uh, by the time that you're a teenager uh, when you're younger, you just don't have the words to explain it. So if you go through this process, it, it really tells a lot about who you are. And then you can start to unpack more about yourself, which then you can use to move forward with making changes in your life. So why is all of this important? Well, if you look at uh, any sort of steps or processes for why New Year's resolutions fail regularly, we've seen that only 8% of Americans actually reap those goals. Or on the flip side, 80% of those people don't reach their goals. It has a lot to do with your consciousness. So that needs to change. Like your consciousness level needs to change before your behavior can change. I'm going to say that again. Your consciousness needs to change before your behavior can change. And this all comes out of an article um, that Forbes did back uh, in 2019 before the 2020 year. And if you haven't had a chance to read it, I'll put it in the show notes. It's a really good article, kind of top level. It gives you some, some concepts on what you can work on in order to do behavior change if you're going to do a New Year's resolution. What's number two on that article? Number two is you don't have an accountability structure to help you sustain change. Uh, if you've done any sort of coaching before, worked with anybody who's kind of worked through topics with you, you know you need to have an accountability partner. Why do you need to have an accountability partner? Well, think of it this way. 
right? If you've ever gone bowling in your life and you've done that as a child or you take children to the bowling alley and you ask to put the bumpers up, that is the concept of an accountability partner, right? When we bowl with bumpers, if we start to veer off track a little bit, the bumpers got us back to the middle, down the lane that we're supposed to be on, uh, heading towards the right path to achieve a goal. What happens if we're bowling and we take the bumpers down? Well, that's like not having an accountability partner. If we start to get off of lane, down the path, we end up in the gutter, we don't hit our mark. We miss our mark 100% of the time when we end up off path, in the gutter, heading in the wrong direction. So what is it that an accountability partner will do for you? Well, A, they're going to be a big supporter for you. They've got to believe in you 100%. Somebody you ha- that you trust in your life to keep you on the right path. Um, and they believe in your big goal, whatever it may be. So lots of us set New Year's resolutions, but we don't get ourselves an accountability partner to go along with that New Year's resolution. They also keep you on track, right? It's going through a big change. And if you try to make any sort of big changes in your life in a vacuum where you have no one supporting you, you're not talking about it with anybody, you're not going through the process with anybody, you're going to fail. Now, it takes a very unique person to be able to make a really big goal and do it alone. Finally, in that Forbes article, the third reason that people don't achieve success with their New Year's resolutions is they're actually scared of, and so I thought was interesting, completely resistant to achieving the big goal. In short, you won't let yourself do it, which is really strange because on the on the surface, on the conscious level, you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I got this. But guess what? On the subconscious level, you got a lot of things working against you. And what are the underlying feelings there that happen? Well, one, you feel fundamentally flawed. Two, you have this concept of uh, disloyal, uh, disloyalty and abandonment in your life. Three, you have a belief that more success uh, will bring a bigger burden on your life. Four, that you have a fear of outshining others. Now, I know that's a lot to take in and a lot to process. Um, so I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to put the, the show in the show notes a link to this article so you can read it for yourself. But as I was going through it, I was like, wow, that's deep. I mean, it takes you really deep. Like most of us don't reach our goals, even if we want to, because something subconsciously is preventing us from doing so. So if we've got this uh, subconscious or unconscious blockage to kind of moving through and getting over the hurdle to make any sort of substantial changes in in our lives, I thought, where am I going to turn for some advice on how to be better at that? So of course, I'm going to go to the American Psychological Association and see what they have to say about making changes. Step number one, got to start small. Not a grandiose, I'm going to change my entire life, everything about it. No, start small. Choose one, one tiny thing. If you're like saying, okay, I'm going to start going to the gym. Awesome. Great. Fantastic. Don't say to yourself, you're going to go seven days a week. Don't make that commitment seven days a week, because as soon as you miss one day, you're going to beat yourself up about it. Start small. Maybe say, hey, I'm going to go two days a week, maybe three days a week, instead of going for the big, out of the gate, New Year's resolution, seven days a week, always going to be at the gym at 530. That's a big challenge. It's big. Trust me, I've done it before. 
I've said that to myself and I've stuck to it, but only for about six months, right? I did it for, I did seven days a week for six months. And after a while, if you don't take the time to think through what that process looks like, you're killing yourself. You're not taking time for self-care. You're not thinking about what else your body needs. So again, start small. You can build up. If you would say, hey, I'm going to start two days a week. I'm going to build up to get to three days, then four days, then five days. And then stop. Take a look back and see. If you're thinking about maybe you know eating healthier, you know, skip the fad diets. Don't say, hey, I'm going to do keto or I'm going to do... And I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash for this saying skip the fad diets, uh, especially when I mention the popular ones, but um, Atkins or carb free or paleo. And trust me, I've done a lot of them. I've done a lot of them. But if you don't make the small changes first, they're not going to stick. So don't just jump onto the bandwagon of one of those fad diets. Say, so you know what? I'm going to start small. So rather than you know having dessert every night, of a cookie or something sweet, change it up. Do something that's like yogurt or a piece of fruit or something different. Again, wholesale changes are hard for your mind and your subconscious to take. You got to start small. Okay. Step two, change one behavior at a time. You can't go out there and say, I'm going to change everything today. I, I don't like myself. I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way my hair looks. I don't like my complexion. I don't like how much I weigh. I don't like what I eat. I'm going to change it all. Every single thing. You can't. Don't do it. Okay. Trying to correct a behavior. Again, you got to start small, but do one at a time. You know, going back to the point about the desserts, do one. Like I'm going to get rid of the dessert habit and I'm just going to switch to yogurt and do that for a little bit. Tiny, small changes to your life over time as you add another one and another one and another one, another one become more sustainable. Makes it a lot easier. Third, talk about it. Don't do it in a bubble. We talked about this before and we were talking about the other, other article. Don't do it in a bubble. If you need to change a behavior that you don't like, Join a support group. Find other people doing the same thing. Have somebody to talk to about it. If you're going to quit smoking, quit smoking with somebody else. Have a group of people you're going to talk about quit smoking with. If you're going to change your lifestyle, you're going to start working out, do it with somebody who can support you. Third, and this is huge, huge from this article from the APA, don't beat yourself up. Don't, don't if you miss a day at the gym or you cheat and have a cookie instead of the yogurt, don't beat yourself up about it right? Everybody has ups. Everybody has downs. uh, Everybody has good days and bad days. As soon as you start to beat yourself up about it, then you're going back. You're feeding it right into the subconscious. You're going back and kind of feeding into what you have been taught, those learned behaviors that you can't get over, that you cannot overcome, that you can't get through. And as soon as you beat yourself up about it, guess what? It's like food for those negative thoughts and emotions. So don't do it. Just, Just don't do it. And third ask for support, ask for help, you know, speak to somebody find somebody to talk to about it outside of your accountability partner, your accountability group or whatever group it is you may, may be turning to for support, you know, talk to a coach. If you need to talk to a, a therapist or, or get some counseling, you need some sort of a release or a conversation to kind of get you over the hurdles that in a nutshell is kind of like the path of, uh, where we, come from when we're trying to make new year's resolutions and where we're trying to get over the hurdle of okay these big changes have to be done they have to be done today 
I've got to do it all. Don't. And that's why I call them New Year's resolutions. Yeah, January is a great time. We're coming off a wonderful break, holiday break. You've, you spend it with family and friends, maybe not so much this year with COVID and, and the restrictions that are in place. Normally, you've had time to reflect. Uh, maybe you've had some time off from work and you're going to set that New Year's resolutions. I say don't. Do it today. Do it tomorrow. Do it next week. It's a no year's resolution. It's a today resolution. Make a resolution today, whatever day it may be. It could be May 31st. It could be September 2nd. It could be March 17th, whatever it may be. Make a today's resolution, not a new year's resolution. When you're ready for the change, make the commitment. That's all. It's not hard. Okay. I know you're going to say it is hard. Change is hard. No question about it. But it's not hard to make that commitment on any day of the year. And when you decide that you want to start that journey, heck, if you're looking for somebody to hold you accountable and to help you out, seek me out. Um, Positively underscore J, J J-A-Y on Instagram. I'll follow you. If you're going to chart it on Instagram, you're going to chart your path, your ups and downs, your struggles with whatever challenge it is that lays before you, follow me. Follow you back. I'll help you as best I can. I'll I'll be there to support and encourage you um, because everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs somebody in their corner. Everybody needs a champion on their side. Uh, And and when you need somebody who's going to kind of lift you up and and give you positive feedback, heck, I'll do that for you. I'd be more than happy to do it. But I would also suggest finding others, just like these articles talked about. Find a support group. Find somebody to go through the process with you. and it, It will make all the difference in the world as you start to go through your transformation as you're on this positivity quest. I talked about it in a previous episode. Positivity quests are a great way to kind of move yourself forward, to find other people who are on the same path. And heck, why not make that your New Year's resolution, that you're going to just be on a positivity quest and commit to it. Do one thing a day, tiny, one thing a week, one thing a month. Going back to our conversation about start small. You can do it. I believe in you. You just need to believe in yourself. So if you have to make a New Year's resolution, or you did make a New Year's resolution, congratulations. It's step one of the process. If you haven't yet, make a New Year's resolution. Any day, any time, commit to making a change in your life. And you've got this. Just start small. Make a difference. Make small improvements. And you'll quickly find that you're on a wonderful path to something new. As an example, recently for myself, I committed, and it's not... Not New Year's, I started this back in December. I committed to getting up in the morning and meditating. Spend about 10 or 15 minutes uh, using the Calm app. If you don't know it, it's a great app. Yes, it's paid, you gotta pay for it, but it's worth every penny, at least to me, to be able to get up, spend some time with myself, meditate on a topic, think through it, set the tone for the day. And it has been a great source of calm and enjoyment for me over the last 30 days. It's been just a wonderful part of my life, and I now will make it a, a, a priority for myself for the rest of my life. I don't see a way to change that. But I started small. I started thinking about it. I looked into it. I did a little bit one week, a little bit the next week. The next thing you know, every morning I'm getting up. I'm doing it. It's how I start my day. Before I get in the shower, before I make breakfast, before I make coffee even, it's just me and my dog sitting together kind of in peace, quiet, tranquility, focusing on the topic at hand, focusing on what I want to do, looking inside myself, reflecting on what I'm going to do today. And it's been a, about a positive change in my life. And I think 
you can do the same thing. Whatever it is you're going to change, whatever it may be that you're looking to change in your life, you could do it. Make it a part of your no year's resolution. Start small and go after it. You've got it. I know you do. And as we close out this episode, I just want to say thank you for being here today. You know, as always, be well, be happy, be you. And until the next time, may your quest for positivity begin today. If you liked today's episode, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe today. For more on my positivity quest, follow me at positively underscore J on Instagram and TikTok. And have an amazing day.